Okay, so we are holding chapter 42. Is Fear a Small Matter? Part 3. And we're learning how Moshe Rabbeinu has implanted in us certain items. So we all have a DNA. And the DNA is what makes us. Our DNA includes a trace of Avraham, of Yitzchak, of Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of the seven shepherds. Um, they're all embedded in our DNA. And what does that look like? It looks like, what's the DNA? The DNA that Avraham gives us is love. The DNA that Yitzchak gives us is fear. The DNA of Yaakov is compassion. But tonight what we're talking about is the DNA that Moshe Rabbeinu gives us, which is, a, is, which is Das. It's knowledge. It's, it's the really connecting with Hashem. And we shared that within this DNA that, Mo, that Moshe gives us, he gives us a spark of Hashem. He gives us a leader that has, that has a piece of Hashem within him to guide us. And he gives us the ability to reveal that spark within us. Baruch is here. Welcome, Baruch. And last week we learned that although this is implanted in us, we still need to work hard to get it. So your parents left you a treasure, but it's not just an inheritance that you just have to lift the lid of the treasure chest. No, no, no. We need to, we need to reveal that the treasure chest is concealed. The, the knowledge, the connection with Hashem that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us is concealed, and we need to remove the covering over it. That's where we're holding right now. And to be exact, we concluded last week with the words, and uh, that's where we're going to reflect upon three things that you will not come to sin. The eye that hears, the eye that sees, the ear that hears, etc. Okay? So Tanya now has a basic question. What's the question? Tanya asks... Hashem, what do you mean Hashem has an eye? What, what do you mean Hashem has an ear? What type of ear, what type of an eye does Hashem have? What type of an ear does Hashem have? Hashem is not physical. So what, are, what is the Mishnah and Pirkei Avos telling us? Reflect upon three things and you won't sin. Reflect that Hashem has, what do you mean Hashem has an eye? What do you mean Hashem has an ear? Daniel, what does it mean that Hashem has an eye and an ear? I, he's a good person to agree with. But, but what doesn't it mean then? I, I guess the question is, so what does it not mean? Because Hashem's never off. But 
why are we using this physical word terminology for Hashem? Is it saying that Hashem is limited in His eyesight like we are? And in His hearing like we are? And the truth is, it's exactly as you guys have caught on, obviously, which is, we're using the positive qualities of hearing and the positive qualities of seeing those positive qualities Hashem possesses, but any negative within the sight and hearing Hashem doesn't have. And the reason we do that is, you know, it's very hard to know something abstract. Whenever you talk, you know, Shlomo HaMelech, we say the wisest of all men, he was so wise he could give 3,000 parables on a topic. 3,000 parables, seeming that sounds very silly actually. Imagine a teacher had 3,000 different examples. It's a little too much. We learned that Shlomo HaMelech, not that he was able to say 3,000 examples. He was able to explain something on 3,000 different levels, each example going a, deep, going a level deeper. So he wasn't being repetitive. He could tell you something 3,000 times, and at the end, he would understand it so deeply without knowing it was deep. What's the novelty of an incredible teacher? An incredible teacher tells you something and you don't even realize how incredible what they just taught you was because they just they were able to give it to you in such a beautiful way. So, when we say that Hashem has eyes and ears, it's a muscle and saying to, to allow us to connect with that idea. Let's see that inside. And although he has no bodily likeness, although Hashem doesn't have a body, yet on the contrary, everything is revealed and known to him infinitely more than, for example, through the medium of physical sight or hearing. Hashem sees much better than our sight, and Hashem hears much better than our hearing. For example, it is by way of illustration, like a man who knows and feels within himself all that is happening to and being experienced by each and all of his 248 organs, such as cold and heat, feeling the heat even in his toenails, for example, as when he is scorched by fire. So, Imagine you were able to truly feel each one of your organs intensely. Now, today we say feeling an organ is actually an unhealthy thing. You know, if you're someone who's healthy, when, when they don't realize, when they just don't feel their body, that's a blessing. So we're not saying that Hashem feels every organ as that it's, it's, it's heavy on Him. No. But every single person part of your body, imagine you were able to tune in to every single part of your body and, and really connect with it. Just, if the same way when, God forbid, your, even your toenail is burned, it still hurts. So also their essence and substance and all that is done to them, he knows and senses in his brain. So Hashem, we're all a part of Hashem. So Hashem sees us, Hashem hears us as a part of himself. Corresponding to this knowledge, by way of example, the Holy One, blessed be He, knows all that befalls all created beings, both higher and lower, 
because they all receive their flow of life from Him, may He be blessed. As it is written, for all things come from Thee. From thee. And this is the meaning of what we say, that verily also nothing that is formed is withheld from Thee. In other words, everything that is created is from Hashem. And as Maimonides, as the Rambam has told us, and the all the Kabbalists agreed with him, as Ramosha Cordovo writes in the Pardis, that knowing himself, as it were, he knows all created things that exist by virtue of his true existence. Hashem knows himself and he knows everything. He is everything. So when we say Hashem, know that there's an eye that sees and an ear that hears, Hashem is seeing within himself what Baruch is doing. And Hashem is hearing within himself what Yishai is saying. Hashem, we're all a part of Hashem. Okay. So the same way that we hear and see ourselves, Hashem sees and hears, himself, hears all of us. However, just to be clear, there's a major difference between the way that Mark thinks and Mark hears and Dr. Malov speaks than Hashem. And that is that when Dr. Malov speaks, the words come out of his mouth and he can't take them back. They're in his, they've left forever. You know, one of the big, thi one of the big uh, hot topics today is Technology. Everybody's using technology today. And there's a word, it's called... Um, your, your technological footprint. The moment you put something on Facebook, the moment you type something, it's out there in the world. You've let go of it. That's the exact opposite of Hashem. Because Hashem is everything. Hashem never lets go of anything. And that's... Go ahead, Daniel. You get a two question? No. Good, good. Nevertheless, this parallel, saying that Hashem hears and sees everything, just that like we hear and see within ourselves, is only an appeal to the ear. It's just a way of letting us try to get a little glimpse into how Hashem knows and hears. In truth, however, the analogy bears no similarity whatever to the object of the comparison. Why? For the human soul, even the rational and the divine, is affected by the accidents of the body and its pain. By reason of it being actually closed within the vivifying soul, which is closed in the body itself. So, our body, we're affected. Our soul is affected by the body. We've united. However, Hashem... Even if Moshe Mendel has the most incredible novel Chiddush in the tractate of uh, Baba Metzia, Hashem is not affected by what happens in the world. It doesn't change Hashem. So let's see that inside, and we'll talk about it. It's a little, it's a, it's a deep item that I'm going to be looking to Baruch to help me understand. But here we go. You ready, Baruch, to explain it to us? Good, okay. 
the, the Holy One, blessed be He, however, is not, heaven forbid, affected by the accidents of the world and its changes, nor by the world itself. So Hashem created a world, and it's as, it's as if it wasn't created. For they do not affect any change in Him, God forbid. So Hashem is everything, and He created a world, but nothing, ha nothing changed. So the first thing that the Tani is going to say is, let us know that we're believers, son of believers. It's hard to understand what this means. Moshe Mendel created a cup, but the cup is not here, but I see the cup. Yeah. We're saying Hashem created a world, but nothing changed within Hashem, but we are Hashem. And we're in Hashem. Okay. The fact is the creation of the world did not change Hashem. In order to help us perceive this well with our intelligence, the scholars of truth have already treated of it at length in their books. So there's many books. Tanya itself also spoke about it. How it could be that the world is created and Hashem didn't change. But... This is a key, Tanya says. All Jews are mamin and b'nei mamin and believers descended from believers. Without human intellectual speculation, whatever. And they declare, you were the, You're the same God before the world was created, when the world was created, and so forth, as has been explained above in chapter 20, where we try to give an insight into how this could be. Okay, so let, let's recap this idea briefly. Hashem is watching me. Hashem is watching you. Hashem is watching you. You are the apple of His eye. Hashem loves you. Like a couple, the Baal Shem Tov tells us, Hashem loves each and every one of you like a couple that has their only child in old age. What an incredible love. That child has. Hashem has that love for each and every one of us. And Hashem is watching us because He loves us so much. However, we momentarily went into this idea that, that although Hashem is watching us and we use the words of, of Hashem has an eye and an ear, it's just for us to be able to understand that Hashem is watching us and he's hearing us but the idea that Hashem we're within Hashem and we affect Hashem is in, we, we don't affect change within Hashem so before any, any questions, thoughts, insights Baruch, you want to explain? Gershom, we hear you loud and clear I, I see your name clearly. <laughs> yes.
Yes, yes, ex yes, very well. The Jews will believe you. So when a Jew comes, now we're going to get back to the topic of thinking how Hashem is watching over us. Now, therefore, each individual Jew. Okay, so let's think about this on a personal level. More Basha, here we go. Each individual Jew, they could be in Portland, they could be in Louisiana, in Rhododendron, where whoever he may be, when he ponders upon this for some considerable time each day, so before davening, you give it some thought. What are you thinking about? How the Holy One, blessed be He, is truly omnipresent in the higher and lower worlds. Hashem is everywhere. And in reality fills the heavens and the earth. And that the whole world is truly full of His glory. And even though Hashem is everything and He's everywhere, but He looks and regards and searches His reins and His heart and all His actions and words and counts His every step. You know what it means? It counts His every step. Every step we take, Hashem is watching you. You know, we say Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem is our shadow. What does it mean Hashem is our shadow? Wherever we go, Hashem is there. Every minute step we take, Hashem is counting. You know those bands they have on your wrist for, how, for taking your 10,000 steps a day? So FYI, Hashem has one from since you were born till now. And every one of those steps, he's following. And it's out of love, though. He's not watching you to see what time you come home. Or to see if you're going to do the dishes. He's watching you because he loves you. So if you think how Hashem has one of those watch trackers, one of those foot trackers, and he's watching every single step, then fear will be implanted in his heart throughout the day. And when he again meditates on this, even with a superficial reflection at any time or moment, he will turn away from evil and do good in thought, speech, and deed. So if you have this reflection at the beginning of the day, so then just a small thought in the middle of the day will right away bring back that respect, that love, that fear of Hashem. And make sure so, so as not to rebel, God forbid, in the sight of His glory, wherewith the whole world is filled. And this is in accord with the instruction of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai to his disciples quoted above. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he told his children, he told his students when he was about to pass away, if only you would fear God like the fear you have of a mortal human being, right? We're, we're, we're all nervous that uh, a, another person shouldn't catch us doing something wrong, stealing. He, he says, just have that same fear of Hashem. So if we have this fear, this fear that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us to be able to ponder on how Hashem is everything Hashem is watching us and it brings us to respect and fear Hashem. So in that case... Now we understand why the Gemara says, let's review the Gemara. The Gemara says that What's the big deal? What am I asking you to do already? Just fear Hashem. That's what the, that's what the Pasuk says. Moshe Rabbeinu told the Jewish people, what's the big deal? Just fear Hashem. 
So the Gemara answer, the Gemara asks, what do you mean, what's the big deal? Fearing Hashem is a big deal. No, no, no. We're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu. For Moshe Rabbeinu, it wasn't a big deal to fear Hashem. I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu. Maybe Myra is Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. But I'm not. So how could the Torah, which is talking to me and you, say to fear Hashem if it's talking about Moshe Rabbeinu? The answer is because we all are. We all have that ray of Moshe Rabbeinu within us. This natural fear, the ability to fear Hashem, is, is from that part of Moshe within us. Let's see that inside. This, then, is what the verse means. That all I want from you is but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways. I just want you to fear Hashem. Why just? For this is the fear that leads to the fulfillment of His blessed commandments through turning away from evil and doing good. We're talking about the fear that leads to action. This is the yiratata, the lower fear which has been discussed earlier. And as it applies to Moshe, that is to say, in relation to the quality of Das, that is in each divine soul, be, from, the sec, from the DNA that Moshe Rabbeinu has put inside of us, the ability to have Das, and knowledge of Hashem. With, in connection to that DNA from Moshe, the knowledge of Hashem, it's a minor thing to fear Hashem, as has been stated above. For Das is the faculty which binds the hidden understanding of the heart with that which is actually revealed in thought, as is known to those who are familiar with the esoteric discipline. Das, let's review something for a minute. Chabad stands for Chachma, Bina and Das. Wisdom, now wisdom, sorry, um, with Chachma is wisdom, Bina is understanding, and Das is knowledge. So we have wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. What's the difference? Wisdom, I understand. It's the, it's the code. Understanding is understanding the code. But what's knowledge? If you have wisdom, if you have understanding, hopefully you have knowledge. Imagine, after this class, Gershon leaves and says, I understood it all. I hope, Gershon, you have some knowledge. And if you say you don't have knowledge, then you probably didn't understand it. So what is the difference between understanding and knowledge? What's the answer, Daniel? One second. God's inspiration goes back to the first step, the wisdom. The, God's inspiration is already hopefully in the first step. With experience. I like that point, and perhaps what I'm going to share is along the lines of what you're saying. And that is, understanding means it's intellectual. Knowledge is the word of Das. Das means to unite. So, although das means to know, but we know that to know someone is to unite with them. 
So if Gershon could leave this class and say he understood it, but he doesn't know it. That would mean he understood what we said, but he didn't connect with it. Knowledge is connection. It's a very, very fascinating point. To, to know is to connect. And by the way, we all know that if you want to teach someone something, you're going to teach them by knowing them, right? Nobody knows what you... Nobody cares what you know until they know you care. Nobody cares what you know until they know you care. So, by... By connecting with it, now we know it. And that's what I just, I gave that thought to explain the brackets here. It's telling you that Das, which is knowledge, which is a connection, is the faculty which binds the hidden understanding of the heart. That means it's something that's hidden with that which is actually revealed in thought. And now you've all of a sudden, you've, con you've, you know it. You're connected with it. As is known to those who are familiar with the esoteric discipline. Okay. So we, ha we now have a... We asked a question and we gave an answer. The question was, how could you say fear is not a big deal? It's a massive deal. And the Tanya said, because we're talking about the ability to not... The ability to serve Hashem and do His Torah and mitzvahs. And that is... is within your ability from Moshe Rabbeinu. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I think what we're going to learn now, personally, was a mind blower for me when I learned it. What Tanya is going to do now is it's going to really go into the idea of a king. Uh, because when we say, when you, have, when you fear a mortal king, a physical king, there's a lot in place to cause that fear. Let's go through. What are things, why is it when you see a physical king, you're naturally scared of him? Could anyone give me different ideas? And perhaps tell me why they may or may not apply also to Hashem. Dr. Mala, please. Well, well let, me, let me share. Let me share. When you are near a physical king, you see that king. I mean, you may even see him doing some crazy stuff. He, there may be people that he's just saying, get rid of them, you know. We can't see Hashem. So how are we comparing Hashem to a physical king? How, additionally, when you see a king... He's dressed up. You see his appearance. That he has an entourage. You see everybody respecting him. It's hard for us to see these things with Hashem. Unfortunately, not the whole world is respecting Hashem. I don't see Hashem in his in his physical body with the crown on his head. So how are we comparing Hashem and saying, just like you could fear a physical king, you should also be able to fear Hashem. So two points that we're going to talk about tonight. And with that, we'll conclude for tonight and we'll continue.
when you look at a king, what, cre what is the fear of the king you have? It's not his clothing. What's the proof? Say it again. Yes. Now, how could you prove to me that it's not his, it's not his clothing? Sure, if someone else would put on that clothing, correct. If someone else would put on that clothing, would you be scared of them? No. So your mind is telling you, by looking at the king, it's telling you that deeper than the clothing is the king's soul. The king himself is nothing. His body, if he's dead, he's nothing. It's not, it's not his body that we're scared of. We're scared of the energy that's within him. For example, if he was sleeping, we wouldn't be scared of him. There's a famous story of King David that was alone in a cave with King Saul. And, and King Saul didn't scare Shoal Hamalach didn't see him and he cut off a part of his robe. A fascinating story. But if the king is not looking at you, if he's, you're not going to be scared of him, which tells you you're not scared of his clothing. You're not scared of his body. You're scared of the energy within him. Well, if that's the case, we could find Hashem's energy. If you're saying, I need to find Hashem's physical body... We could have another conversation. But, but that's not even the story. We're not scared of a king's physical body. We're scared of his energy. Let's see that. In, does that make sense, Daniel? Yeah. Well said. In addition to this, in addition to the idea that we all could come to fear Hashem. Let's talk a little bit about how we could think of Hashem as a king and come to fear him. One should remember that as in the case of a mortal king, the essence of fear of him relates to his inner nature and vitality and not to his body. Don't get lost and say, oh, I'm scared of him because he's physical. For when he is asleep, there's no fear of him. And surely his inner character and vitality are not perceived by physical eyes, but only by the vision of the mind. Your mind is telling you that beneath this body there is an inner character. Through the physical eyes beholding his stature, and robes, and making the beholder aware of the vitality that is closed within them. So your eyes are telling you that yes, I this, what I'm seeing here, this body, I need to respect him. I need to be scared of him because of the energy that's within him. If this be so, if that's what we're what we're scared of when we talk about a king, we're scared of the energy because we see his body is telling us that there's an energy within. He must likewise truly fear God when gazing with his physical eyes at the heavens and earth and all that all their hosts wherein is closed the light of the blessed Ain Sof that animates them. Once we've established that we're not scared 
It's not that I see the king's body. It's that I see the king's body and I know within the king's body is a king's energy. Well, we see the world, the master world Hashem created. And we know the master world was created by Hashem. Wow. So focusing, looking at the beauty of the world. That itself should tell us that there's this incredible God that created it. And I'm going to be able to have a love and fear for Him. Looking at the physical world. Looking at the beautiful master world. That itself should bring us to love and fear of Hashem. Knowing that Hashem created it. And here is something really fascinating. This note. Note. So here I'm going to share something that's a little controversial. But like I told you on Zoom, you can't do anything to me. So, uh, no. You, you know, Einstein taught us that there's something called the theory of relativity. The theory of relativity tells us, now I'm not so smart. I'm going to try and say what I heard someone else try and teach me. That Einstein said. But this is my under, my abridged understanding, and Mark is probably Googling it to catch me on it right now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> The theory of relativity, to the best of my knowledge, is that when you have two moving parts, it's not possible to know who is going around who. In other words, it's impossible for us to know whether... The earth orbits the sun, or the sun orbits the earth. Einstein already taught us this. Because we're both moving, it's impossible to know who orbits who. And I put that down as a foundation because the Torah teaches us that the earth is at the center of the solar system. Hashem created the entire solar system for the earth. And for the Jewish people on the earth to learn the Torah. It's a big responsibility when we think about this. It's a very big responsibility. What, that the earth, that is, that the... I believe the Rambam teaches us this. Um, so actually, there, this is something that that the Torah tells us that this. No, no, the answer is no. It's not metaphoric. No, no. Um, if you'd like, I could send you some articles about this. How, again, it's impossible for us to know. You know, I'm not a scientist, so I'll stop. But I'm happy to connect you with scientists who could explain it. Sure, and, and if, please send me an email after the class. I'd be happy to share. But now, one of the things that we learn is Hashem is in the West. 
Okay, now here's something else that I can't explain to you, but I'll, but I'll tell you what I've learned. Naturally, the, the sun comes up in the east and goes down in the west. Is that correct? Because if I told you it went up in the west and came down in the east, would you trust me? Okay, the sun comes up in the east and it goes down in the west. Now what Kabbalah tells us is naturally the sun should go up in the west and go down in the east. That it, that's what Kabbalah teaches us. Naturally it should go up on the west and go down in the east. And the fact that it goes up in the east and goes down in the west teaches us that every day the sun is bowing down to Hashem. What happens when you bow down? If you're bowing down to someone in the west, your feet are in the east and your head will be in the west. If you're prostrating yourself straight, so you'll, your feet in the east and your head in the west. So every day the sun starts in the east, its feet start, and then at the end of the day its head is in the West, it's fully prostrated itself to Hashem. So just by looking, in addition to looking what we just said, the master plan of this world and seeing how Hashem created it and Hashem's behind it, the note is going to tell us even more. Look how the solar system is bowing down to Hashem every day. Because naturally, instead of going east to west, it should go west to east. Let's see the note inside. And it is also seen with the glance of the eye that they are nullified to his blessed light by the fact that they prostrate themselves every day towards the west at the time of their setting. So the sun sets in the west and it's prostrating itself to Hashem as the rabbis of blessed memory commented on the verse and the host of heaven worship thee that the Shekhinah Hashem is in the west. And therefore their daily orbit westward is a kind of prostration and self-nullification. So someone who walks into the king's court, he's never seen the king. If you see everybody bowing down to one person, you right away figure out who the king is. So even he who has never seen the king as it does not recognize him at all. Nevertheless, when he enters a royal court and sees many honorable princes prostrating themselves before one man, there falls on him a fear and awe. So if we're in Hashem's court, we're in Hashem's palace, this world, and all of a sudden you see the sun bowing down to the west, you say, hey, 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 I got the message. I got the message. There's a creator of the world, Hashem, and I need to serve him, love him, and fear him. Okay, let's put this all together, and then perhaps I'll share with you two thoughts on this. So, we started off learning how Hashem doesn't have a physical eye and a physical ear, but He has the quality of seeing and hearing the positive parts of it as if He knows and hears and sees Himself within His own body. Um, however, we clarify that Hashem is not like a body which, is, which changes. Hashem never changes. 
we answered the question that the chapter started with, which is, how could you say fear is simple? And we said it's simple because there's a piece of you, there's a piece of Moshe that's within you, that if you reveal it, you'll naturally love Hashem. And we started continuing to say that naturally, when you look at this master world, you know there's a creator behind it. Just like when you look at a king, it's not his body, it's what's within him. So when you look at the master world, you, you, look, you say, hey, Hashem is within it. That will bring you to fear Hashem. And in addition, not only when you look at the master world, look at, these, look at the planets and how they go from east to west and how they're bowing down to Hashem, that should bring you to fear Hashem.